Hey guys, this is Table Talks with the Tares, an inside look at everyday conversations we have at our table. I'm MJ. I'm Ash. In this conversation, we are unpacking really just a discussion we've had over the last several days following Pastor James Hobson's appearance. Shout out to Pastor James. At Liberty's Convocation. Yeah. And then I tie that into literally an argument you and I have had today. <laughs> and so if you wanted to have an inside look at what our life looks like <laughs> at our arguments <laughs> yeah like literally this is one to listen to because we ended up like weaving it all together so it's a good one really for those who are either struggling as leaders mm. for those who are struggling to participate in the church yeah and for those who are sitting at the sidelines just curious about what's going on in our life <laughs> you know here, here's an inside look do you want to close it out? Just pray. Do you have any <laughs> Hope you enjoy. So today I wanted to talk about, what did I want to talk about? Oh, so we watched Pastor James. <laughs> We're going to shout him out? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Pastor he, James. He was. I don't know how I ended up looking at the convo list for Liberty and saw Pastor James going to guest speak. I know, it's exciting. And so... We listened to bits and pieces of what he had to say, because, of course, I had to. I guess he's our pastor. Right. I mean, even though we're not still there, I still feel like he'll always be yeah. pastor. Yeah, I mean, he, he played a role in helping us have and find and cultivate community Yeah. in Lynchburg. So, um, one of the things that stood out to me with what he said was that, what he said, something about, oh, I'm going to butcher this, Like. <laughs> He said, the the question for context, Yeah, the, there was a panel discussion Sorry, yes, with a couple of other it. pastors yeah. on this panel. And I just think it's funny too. The question was specifically kind of targeted towards involvement of college age. College age students. Yeah, college age students and attendance participation in a local church. Yeah. And of course, there's two hosts and three local church pastors and so there was no shortage of words <laughs> those people did not have a hard time talking because they're pastors but i did feel like pastor james said something really i felt like he hit home on his statement of basically you're never going to find a perfect church mm-hmm so and find a bad one and find cultivate a bad it. one and cultivate it. Yeah, and I was like, there's a lot of people that I like, ended up clapping after that, and it was like very responsive. And it is true, but there's also it seems like there's a little bit of a like broader undertone that you had just talked about before mm -hmm. we started hitting record that I do want to unpack. And so like, mm -hmm. what is it? Because like you said, there's two sides. On one end, yeah, you should absolutely join a church if you claim yourself to be a christian and are exercising your faith mm -hmm. but on the flip side too like not subjecting yourself to in an extreme case spiritual what do we call it spiritual bullying mm -hmm. right and so yeah where as a leader in the church doesn't matter what role they hold yeah. could be male or female i'm positioning my authority in order to kind of coerce you or manipulate you into serving at a certain, you know, in the way that I want you to, or do things that I want you to, 
and slapping a spiritual stamp on it of like, well, God has called you to this or yeah. Holy Spirit said, or, you know, fill in the blank. Right. And now because I'm this spiritual leader, I have that leadership or positional authority. Now I'm putting the spiritual authority on that as well. In a more dark and extreme version of this is that documentary that we watched too. Mm, yeah. With about the Hillsong. Yeah. Mega church exposed and yeah. yep. it's sad. Like, and, and I couldn't even, we watched a couple episodes and I was like, I don't even really want to watch the rest of it Yeah, because that's just a, almost a secularist view of that type of spiritual, let's just call it spiritual abuse mm-hmm. taken to an extreme Yeah, yep. and definitely would be very discouraging for somebody who is either professes to be a christian to find out that you're under that type of leadership if not walk away from the faith entirely. yeah it's very deceiving and um i think it does yeah really scar people yeah in a sense of some people don't re- recover from that in order to see or ha- experience a redemptive church mm-hmm. e- experience they just leave the church altogether so, so. my question would be then how little can you do and still be considered obedient to scripture in terms of exercising your faith when it comes to attending church? Hmm. Let's take, let's, let's be like, I'm like the laziest Christian. <laughs> How can, what's the laziest route I can take? Cause like you can take extremes, right? Don't ever go to church or go to church no matter what. Right. And so what's like the minimum passing score to be participating in church and not, subject yourself to in an extreme case spiritual abuse but on the other side still be obedient to what the scripture mandates of not neglecting to meet with one another i don't have the passage in front of me right now right yeah this is a tough conversation i think it's really relevant because i think a lot of people especially like since covid yeah are wrestling with what is the church what does it mean to be the church and when all of that was stripped away what difference did that make it? Like what impact did that really have in my life? So I think I think it's not just young people or college age like students who are wrestling with this, even though right. in that setting it was kind of targeted to Yeah, it was a college, college gathering. College age people are not I don't for, you know, I don't I don't know if this was speci- specifically said, but like not wanting to attend a church or participate or Yeah. whatever. And I think that's just there's a lot of assumptions behind that. And I think you have to start asking questions to get down to what is it that is causing people to have these wrestlings about the church? Like what is it specifically about church that's causing people to wrestle with participating in church? Yeah. Like those are the conversations that we need to have. And I don't think it's just an age thing, right? I don't think it's just young people. I think it's, a lot of people are wrestling with this at all ages and stages of life. And I think, I think one of the things that just kind of comes to mind for me is I'm thinking about that statement that pastor James made of find a bad church and cultivate community, right? Mm -hmm. Because you're not going to find a perfect church. I think the problem is not that we or 
people want perfection. (laughs) And it's like, oh, I'm not going to go to this church unless they X, Y, Z. That's the assumption. But I think, and that might be the case for some people, but I think that's a very broad generalization. I think there are, I think it's a lot more nuanced than that. And the other people are really wrestling with accountability of leadership in the church. Hmm. And I think some of that, I think the reason why quote unquote college age students are wrestling with that is because starting in the millennial generation and now Gen X or Gen Z, those generations do not see positions or authority as automatically like a route to respect. I respect you because you're in this position. Yeah. That was your Gen Xers and your boomers. Like, yeah, well, definitely your boomers, maybe a little bit less Gen Xers, but definitely by the time you get to millennials and Gen Z, you better earn, you have to earn people's respect. Right. Just because your pastor doesn't mean that you're going to receive the respect. Just because your teacher, just because your boss, just because you're, that's 60 just years not, old. Yeah. yeah, that's not, those generations view respect as something that is earned. And I think some of that was because, you know, right around when millennials hit the scene, we have mainstream media and all these like scandals coming out of like, you know, presidents this and leaders this and leaders that. So you have access to all these like fallen leaders. Yeah. And so I think that started to shift the mindset for those generations of you can't just respect someone simply because they hold a position because that doesn't mean they have good character or integrity. And so that's something that needs to be considered by pastors (laughs) When they're targeting and saying like college age students, you know, don't want to, I don't know, like lack of participation. Some of that is like there's. There's some baggage. there. There's some baggage there, right? Because you're expecting people to just respect your position or your authority or because you're the pastor and you said it, you know, and that's just not, it doesn't fly. And so with those generations and so like they got to see it to believe it. They got to see your character. They got to see your integrity lived out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that makes that hard in a church setting is that there's always this spiritual ace card you, that can always get played. Yeah. Holy Spirit said, or you're, you're called to this, I'm called to that. Mm-hmm. How, how are you going to correct someone or challenge someone <laughs> When there's always this like trump card, you know what I mean? And so that makes it really hard in a church setting versus, you know, when I was working with hundreds of leaders in public sector, private sector, my experience in working with leaders was so different outside the church than inside the church. In that outside the church, there was a lot more ability for accountability. Yeah. Inside the church, it's really hard because there's this like... It's weird. It's actually weird because there's, I totally agree. There's a sense of authority. Like you have some sort of closer direct line to Jesus as a leader. Yeah. That they have, that you have direct, have direct access to that nobody else has. Yeah. And so some of these decisions or the way you even communicate where it is in a public setting or in the private sector, unheard of. Unheard or of. ridiculous or Unheard unprofessional yep. and you get reported and i'm not even saying scandalous things i'm think i'm saying like almost seemingly just innocuous things yeah but just saying it in a way or delivering it in a way that comes with this religious bent such that 
you create an environment where some of these things are already unquestioned. A classic example is a leader who's holding a meeting or a retreat or whatever you know, setting you're in and someone from the team brings up something of like, hey, I feel like we should do this. And the leader says, well, you know what? I need to spend some time praying about that. <laughs> right. You know, there's this like, well, I need to, instead of just addressing that, I mean, why can't you just like invite the Holy Spirit to like, yeah. let's all, all of us spend some time praying about this. Why yeah. you got to go off on an island and spend some time praying about this? Well, because I'm the great high priest and I need to enter the <laughs> Holy of Holies. And you don't have access to yeah, that because I'm the spiritual just, leader. There, That's a very classic example of like, this happens so many different ways. Yeah. I saw when I was working with leaders inside the church versus outside. Yeah. Like, nobody, nobody does that. Yeah. You know, I mean, there are leaders who put themselves on an island outside the church, but they're caught. Like what's, they're found out. You know what I mean? What's one thing you would wish you'd be able to say to a, le- a spiritual, like a church leader in being a voice for those who feel like there is no accountability inside the church structure? Like what is something you, if somebody were to come to you, be like, hey, Ash, nobody's like there's nobody coming to church anymore like these these college kids are so non-committal like what what do i need to do differently with specifically regarding the the accountability if you want accountability you have to be able to receive negative feedback and if you train your people that negative feedback is going to like i'm going to make an example of negative feedback in my next sermon you are going to find yourself silencing your people and you're going to find people leaving because there is no room for anybody to say anything negative. <laughs> I'm getting you fired up. I, I get it. so fired up about this because I see it so many times. Yeah. I see it so many times. Yeah. Where, you know, there's this complaint against. So here's, here's where you and I differ. So one, I didn't grow up in a society that is inherently distrusting of authority like that's what america was birthed on yeah right where inherently this country was founded based on the fact that there was a monarch who could not be trusted because they were taxing them and not representing them in government so they started their own government i didn't grow up that way right like austrian mentality is here's the rule of law we will abide by it and i'm more afraid of my fellow austrian citizen because he will report me than the actual law enforcement officers. Mm -hmm. And so the difference between you and I, which is why I love riling you up in this way, (laughs) is because, and it's it's a good perspective, but this is where you and I are different. When, When I run into an instance where there is a leader that is unwilling to take that type of feedback, Mm -hmm. at best, I will tell the leader that you're unwilling to accept feedback. And so our efforts as a family like wh- how we will participate as best as we can still honor our the way our role like mm-hmm. how we're supposed to participate with how we are you know with with our convictions and how we should exercise our faith basically you'll really diplomatically tell them we're about to pull back here <laughs> exactly that was like a really wordy answer like, for saying we'll that. still be part of the family but like yeah i even take issue with the word family because there's so much baggage. There is so much baggage. Where it's baggage. like that, that one guy at the, the convocation said, like, it's not just church, it's family. 
And okay, like I get it. I get it. But there's also just a lot of like, there's a lot of underlying definitions. You have to, yes, you have to tease that out. Yes. Like, what do you mean? Like, I can't leave you. Right. 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 Like you, you can't, you won't not be my dad or mom or sibling. Right. 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 And there's just like a lot of assumptions that the way that you use words are so important and it's so easily brushed over in the church community Yeah, that we just take for granted and we say these things, but we don't really know what it means. Right. Like, You're right. You know, it's, oh, we're just family. And so back to how you and I differ. Yeah. I take more of like, I'm going to take ownership of the responsibility i have as a father yeah yeah and as a husband in protecting my family from crazy cuckoo people like you right who are unwilling to take <laughs> feedback you on the other hand are the voice of the people right like, and you want to improve you need to well no, no like this is the good, this is the thing i appreciate about you because you have a way of saying it to that leader in a way that is redemptive but also corrective because i see I'm so visionary that I can see a picture of what could be, even in people. I, like, I think just the Lord has given me the ability to see things in people that I just want to pull out. And there mm-hmm. are some leaders who are really good leaders, but they just got to like work through some stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? And so I see that in them and I'm like, I want to like call this out of you. Yeah. Not call, call this really good you. thing I see right. in you out. And this way of you operating is preventing that from coming out. Like you yeah. are stunting yourself as a leader and yeah. you are causing your people to not want to be under your leadership where if you would just listen and be able to take this criticism and be able to hear from your people that I get you have genuine intent, but your execution is awful. Like mm-hmm. just listen to it, receive it, sit with it and just figure out what to do to not come across that way. You know what I mean? Because the way that you're operating Again, maybe genuine intent, but your execution is awful, needs to be corrected, mm-hmm. you know, because it's not coming across the way that you're intending. That's out of alignment and we got to do something differently here. So I think the one thing I would say to leaders is you, you want to keep people in. You got to, you have to be able to listen to their criticisms because yeah. as soon as you start making examples of your people for bringing that to the surface, Critique, yeah. you're shutting people up. You're yeah. going to have a team full of yes people. And if that's what you right. want, fine. But I'm just saying, like, yeah. that's what you're going to have. Yeah. And you're going to be accountable for these decisions that you're making. So, yes. like, be And the people that you careful. heard along the way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, aside from just the, like, okay, there's no fee- uh, feedback loop. There's no accountability. Meaning, like, there's this tendency to be, you know, I have this spiritual hotline that you don't have access to why is it so common in the church space Mm -hmm. to run into leadership structures that feel like that in terms of that feedback loop is just so broken is it is it just those things are there other underlying things that could be causing there not to be a feedback loop or is that just is that just like humanity as a whole but the only difference is that in the private sector or public sector, mm-hmm. like in the in the secular world, you're just a little bit more open to it. Like it's just built in with that assumption that humans are not infallible. 
I I mean, it's it exists in the public sector. I'm too, sure. And the private of sector. Course. You're going to have, you know, a lack of feedback loop. The leaders that I saw who had it, though, who had the bit like had this way of receiving feedback and their people felt heard. The, the leaders who did that worked on themselves and they were humble. Mm-hmm. They understood that their leadership development was extremely important and they never stopped learning and developing themselves. And so translate that into a church setting. A lot of times you find young pastors stepping into the role that they're feeling, you know, or that they're being called to, yeah. right? What leadership training is given to these people in these roles to know how to actually lead their people? It's kind of just assumed that because you're a pastor, you... Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you just, like, get this, like... You slap a title on yeah, it. Yeah, you and just get this import, and it's just, yeah. like, this spiritual import, and now I'm just, like, this amazing leader. And it's, right. like, no, like, you still... You can't just fly by the seat of your pants. Right. I mean, you can, actually, you can. You yeah. can, and you're going to run into a lack of feedback loops, open, you know, revolving door, people coming right. in and out. You get people on the team, and then they leave the team. Right. You know, these same things over and over again. You're going to find that's, this. That's a really good point, because it's, like, literally the only difference, man is that you went to ordination.com and you have the word pastor in front of your first name. And so unless you're proactively working on how you are leading your people, yes. you're exactly where you were the last time yes. you intentionally spent time in being proactive and developing yourself Yeah, as a leader. What's funny too is maybe even more so than the person who becomes a church leader to feel that way, the people who are elevated, so like that leader that's elevated to that role, is seen by others as having this spiritual import Mm -hmm. of credentials and experience and intelligence, which just doesn't happen. And so like the sense of like closing the feedback loop as a form of self, like as as a form of leadership development is, is a critical piece in improving yourself as not only like this is, this goes beyond just church leaders, but just like leaders in general or somebody who wants to lead others in a team or, be a good dad or you know that you like you have the ability to take criticism perfect example i walk in from mowing judah's crying and i have to be willing to accept that like the way i came across to you was very critical of like how how i how i came across to you was very critical of your essentially your motherhood Mm -hmm. and i had to like be humble enough to just like see that when all i was thinking in my mind was I just don't want to I just don't want to scream and boy in the house when I walk in from a hot day mowing. I get it. I right? Get like it. that's a perfect yeah. example. And yeah. so I think if I were too stubborn to even see that how I conveyed myself in my emotions when I stormed in there. Yeah. It would prevent me from being a better leader. Yes. And I'm not even say, saying this leader in the sense of like I hope you don't see me as like this overbearing <laughs> leader like oh you should submit to me woman (laughs) but in the sense of just like i need to at least be willing to hear what my wife has to say about how i reacted to this situation yeah otherwise i'm screwed in the sense of like i'm always gonna be right in my own mind and you're the one that needs to change the way you respond to me because that's what i initially came out with yeah and that's how every leader responds yeah because you're working with the same people, you're hearing it from the same person, you start to associate like it's this person's problem, right? 
what you don't recognize is that if you act that way in that setting with that person, you're probably doing it in a hundred other areas as well. And that person is actually really good for you, (laughs) as painful as it is to hear, because you're probably doing that very thing in other areas of your life too. You know what I mean? And so that's what leaders have a hard time admitting is that this isn't just some isolated thing with this person. Mm-hmm. Like the way you operate in these settings is how you operate in general. It's your go-to, mm-hmm. you know? And so we just have a hard time as people admitting that because right. we don't think of ourselves as hot-headed or, you know, whatever that person is telling us. You're controlling, you're overbearing, you're da 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 We often don't see ourselves as that. We how- see the critical in the other person. Yeah, and so you have to learn that like, that's how your behavior is coming across, even though you might not be that way. That's yeah. how you're operating. And so you have to make adjustments or be willing to if you're going to better align what you're intending with how you're actually executing on it. So what's like, I guess in like, in closing as the band comes up. <laughs> <laughs> this is a sermon. Um, like what's the first step that somebody can take in becoming better in making sure they know how to close that loop or, or implementing ways to close the feedback loop. And then not doesn't even, it doesn't even have to be so formal, you know, like where you have to implement this whole yeah. system and every you two weeks. You don't have to implement a system. You can ask two questions. Somebody comes to you, they come with a complaint. Whatever your initial response is, stop yourself and ask them two questions. First question, what concerns you about this? That's your first question. Get it out of them. Like, what is it that's bothering them? Yeah. The second question, follow-up question is, what could you see as fixing this? Essentially, some way of like, what's your solution? So what's bothering you about this? Mm -hmm. And what do you see as the solution for this? Stop yourself from reacting to that person however you normally react. All right, so let's practice. Okay. <laughs> the two questions were, what concerns you about it? Yeah. And how can we solve it? Yeah. All right. I walk in. Okay. Judah's crying. Okay. I don't want to hear crying. So I go in. You storm into storm his Storm into his room. Yeah. Get him out. I'm like nasty. I'm like sweaty and hot. <laughs> I have grass everywhere. So I should have asked, what concerns you about that? So let's practice. Like, what concerns you about that, love? No, I wasn't concerned. Oh, so I should not be the one asking it? Cause in- it's if I'm bringing something to you. Oh, okay. So then now. So, so afterwards when I'm like, hey. Hey, you came in hot and heavy. Yeah. So I should have said, what concerns you about that? Because at that point, see what's going through your head is you don't, you're not making the connection between the behavior I saw and how it's coming how, across. Yeah. Right. So. Well, no, how I felt. And how you felt. Right. Right. Because you, you know, in your head, you're like being helpful it's like a positive thing most times it's helpful right? and also i i also just don't want to i don't want to hear it like i want it to be quiet sure granted the kid was like i mean this was it's not again like i have no context this is just a sim- like literally three minutes literally <laughs> so you're stopping and trying to get out of me like what am i seeing right which i didn't do like what, in the moment what's what's concerning about this yeah you're telling me i'm kind of hot and heavy what's the big deal then you would have said like you're coming I, in I hot and heavy. I described you, the, what I saw. Yeah, which you did, unsolicited. <laughs> <laughs> what 
Which, this is like but literally this is a view. What I got paid yeah, to do. I'm sorry, I can't help myself. This is like literally a view into our actual rela- yeah. like day to day. I try not to do this to you, babe. Right. I will say that. But I mean, I. I in this one time when I'm trying to get ready, I have like you know it's a Saturday. I can okay. Like take my time. I'm like, yo, where you coming all up in here, hot and heavy? Right. <laughs> and so, I guess like what could have solved it is, really, if I look back to it, I should have just come to you. And been like, hey, babe, I'm like really nasty. The boy's screaming. I want to take a shower. Right. But I also don't want him to scream. Right. And like you and I talk about it rather than me storm in and try to solve everybody's problems and let you um, and let you just like kind of go off. And like I, I kind of wanted you to just be able to do your own thing. Yeah. Because that's this is the o- one of the only days you can do that. And so by not communicating that. Yeah. I'm basically so- I'm answering my own question here. Yeah, I think it's just when there's a complaint, right? Because that can be a trigger for a lot of leaders of like, you're opposing me (laughs) or like, I'm tired of hearing this. To be fair, to be fair, you know, love, when there's a complaint, like it takes me back, right? Between you and I? When you have a complaint, it takes me back to like just all of my, everything of what I'm bringing to the table that like a complaint means incompetence. Ah, Yes. Right. So I'm trying to detach those two things. And I've learned also to insert like competence when I'm speaking to you that like this isn't, you know, I'm not saying you're doing something wrong. Right. This is just a preference thing. And that's, I think what I'm trying to say is like the reason you're seeing me respond in that way when you do bring up a complaint is because I'm trying to detach the critique with the competence. Yeah. And I think we've grown in that love, both of us. You know, I have some. some <laughs> yeah, that's very generous. Mostly me. I've grown in that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, no, but this is really good because it's, if you're not willing to practice this at home, you're yes. never going to get this yes. elsewhere. Yeah. I, I would say that in the flip too. If you're experiencing this in the office, you're probably, you know, yeah, somebody's, probably experiencing it at home too. So. Somebody's like, <laughs> somebody's compromising at home. <laughs> If you're not experiencing yeah. it at home and you are experiencing it in the office. Yeah. I would say just ask those questions. What's your, con- you know, somebody brings forth a concern. Hey, what bothers you about this? And then let's talk about a solution. And yeah, that's just like a simple way for you to retrain instead of the response being like shut down or I'm going to make a sermon example out of you. Yeah. It's a poor way right. to address concerns. It's a good way to shut people up. I'll say that. So that's what I would say about that. I do want to address, though, the other side of, like, the concern of people not being involved. <laughs> so yeah, you, so uh, the the one side is, like, there needs to be, like, people need to be accountable, right? You can't slap that spiritual stamp on everything. And you have to be in prayer. Yeah. Like, you have to be in prayer. You're going to fly by the seat of your pants and do your thing up there. Fine. But, like, you're going to hurt a lot of, like, it's going to. It's going to hurt a lot of people in the process. You're not shepherding people well. You're not leading people well. Like the whole point of this is for you to be abiding in Christ. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that is like the outflow then of how you're leading in your church position, right? So if you're not praying about it or you're talking to your team before you've spent any amount of prayer in it, like I just, that's another conversation for another day. The other side, though, is for the person who's like, okay, but I'm I'm wrestling with this, but like not wanting to be involved in this, but what do I do? And I don't think the answer is to not be involved. 
I think there's also accountability and responsibility on behalf of that believer of like, you have a part of this. Yeah. But here's like to, in the defense of that person, the hurdles all seem like they're 10 foot high. And so I think my encouragement is like find a one foot hurdle, find something that's not 10 feet high where you're supposed to sign your entire life away. Like do something that you can sustainably do within the rhythms of what you find restful. And like, that's something that like I'm willing to die on that hill. Rather than trying to just and like don't feel pressured to take on more, no matter what's being preached from the stage or what's being spoken in the team right. meeting or what's being yeah work from your rest. You work from your rest. Yeah. Yep. And d- don't try agree. to be like the sous chef of the restaurant because it's or and like we've said a hundred times before, the work started before you started. Yes. And it will keep going long after you are done. And so find something you can say yes to rather than stretching yourself so thin that you're doing at the expense of your own family which we will keep unpacking as well too because i that's also another hill i'm willing to die on um but that's what i will say to somebody is that like find something that's not mount everest yes like climb a tiny hill so that you are able to say yes to what the church has you know the the ways and means the church considers serving or being active in that church that's not coming at the expense of your family and if you don't even find that because it's so difficult, there's so many commitments that yeah. you have to say yes yep. to, yep. then start something with your family yes. and invite people into your home. Yes. And so those are the, the ways that I would challenge somebody to, um, to take that next step, even though they feel like they just want to walk from it all together. Yes. Yep. Well, hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Table Talks with the Tares. We'd love to hear from you. And if there's something you'd specifically like for us to talk about, visit honors underscore dot com slash table talks to let us know. And if this episode was helpful to you, be sure to subscribe and to also share it with a friend. We really appreciate your support. All music is from the OG MJ Tare. Join us next time for another conversation at our table.